theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. in Canada reaching the world praise God and I'm thankful for that I want to have you stand for just a moment if you would do me a favor we have something else that we do to get your Bible or your Bible app if you would just open up your phone if you will open up that Bible app and if you don't have one you need to download the extraordinary church app and, and get that Bible but just lift it up and, and just repeat this after me this is my Bible it is the Word of God I can do what it says I can do. Y'all believe that thing. Praise God. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. Now open it up to the book of John. The book of John. The gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. John chapter 20. It's the last of the gospels there in the New Testament. If you're unfamiliar with that. And if you don't have a Bible, it's all good. It's all love. Just pay attention to the screen and we'll display it there. Do want to just throw out a reminder for those who might have missed it. In light of the forecast, uh, yesterday we were forced to make a decision working with our vendors. We had to make a call by 4 o'clock. And I just want to shout out the team. Everybody worked so hard and diligent to get ready and be prepared. And uh, the forecast, you know this? I've been looking. I don't ever really look at the forecast. Two weeks ago, I was watching this forecast. And every day, there was no rain on the forecast except today. And I, you know what I said? I don't believe. I said, that's a lie. No, no, not today. And then, you know, it increasingly began to happen. And, you know, the percentage of rain and chance, and they were like 80%. And so we looked at it and said, hey, we got to make this call. Uh, because we did not want to lose the investment of resources that we had. And so we made that call, and we're going to do everything that we had planned today. We're going to do it uh, uh, July 31st. And so we want you to come out, join us. We're going to have an amazing time. We're going to have the chicken on the grill, hamburgers, hot dogs. We're going to have potato salad and watermelon and cheesecake and Ice cream truck is going to be here, inflatables, life-size Jenga and chess and Connect Four and a petting zoo. We're going to have an amazing, did I say inflatables? Praise God. Uh, Sarah says, say it again. Let me tell you this. I'll tell you, this is, you, you might think this is funny. You might not. But I said, Lord, if I am your servant, please, if there's any day I needed to rain, I said, God, I should have been more specific. I should have said, if I'm your servant and if there's any day I needed to rain, I needed to rain like at 2 o'clock. And I want people to come in a boat to try. So, so that way they know that we didn't miss it. But God's got it, and I'm not worried about it. He's got control. I really do feel like God's got it. So come and join us again. We're going to have a great time July 31st. Let me go ahead and jump into the reading of the Word of the Lord. I'm highlighting to a brand new series, uh, The Generous Life. I'm going to be teaching and preaching that next week. And throughout this series, you're going to learn from Scripture how living generously can open up the floodgates of the best version of life possible. 
is going to set you on a path to fulfillment and purpose and really impact through focused awareness and action. And I can't wait to share that with you next Sunday. But today, I'm going to preach something different. And uh, it's kind of funny as God gave me this this morning. Let's look at John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hand, hand, uh, his hand, uh, prints of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. And I want to preach today, uh, this afternoon. Oh, let me read one more verse too. I want to, I want to show you this because this is important. Let's go to really quickly, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And I want to preach rescheduling friends and family day. No. Rescheduling divine appointments. I want to preach rescheduling divine appointments. Praise God. Would you help me pray? Father, I thank you for your word today. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, God, and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Today we need you, God, to help us. We want you to show us your word and to open our hearts to receive your word today, God. Give us revelation and understanding. Someone today who feels hopeless has to receive hope, and only you can give it. So by the power of your spirit and your word, I speak life over dead things in every one of our hearts today. And I pray you, God, would get the glory in the name of Jesus. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing that long. How many of you all have ever missed an appointment? Yeah, thank you. Elvis and Jackie, okay, Nadine. We got like three, uh, three honest people. Y'all know some of y'all, praise God. And they called and they said, hey, you were supposed to be here. You're supposed to come. You missed your appointment. 
And you know what? The doctors say, well, come on back. We'll squeeze you in. We'll fit you in, whatever the case may be. Or we can reschedule it. Don't worry about it. You know, you might have missed it, but we can reschedule it. And we're going to see what we can do to make it happen. I want you to know I've got good news for you today. Someone in this place might have feel like they've missed it. But God's going to reschedule it for you today. I believe that in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but I like, I like receiving gifts. But more than I like receiving gifts, I love to give gifts. I really enjoy giving. And one of my favorite times of the year is Christmas time. You all know if you, you've connected with me in any way, shape, or form, you understand I'm a big Christmas guy. I could do Christmas not necessarily year-round. I want to take a little break. But my wife was like, are you going to take the lights down? Are we going to put the tree up? And I was like, you know, she was like, it's, it's August and you're playing Christmas music already. I was like, but it's, it's like if I don't do it now and get a little hit, if I don't get a little fix, you know, I, I love it. But I love all the trappings that come along with it. I love the music. I love the festivities. I love the traditions of our family. I love the food. I love time with friends. I love the Christmas movies we watch, like It's a Wonderful Life. Um, we watch that. I can watch Charlie Brown's Christmas. And Homer, we're just going to watch all those things. Those are just some of the traditions that we'll do with our family. And I'll, I'll cook during that time. And Mia will help me. And she'll be in there peeling the potatoes. And we'll be getting the yams ready. And I'm getting the collard greens ready. And I'm, like, cooking for, like, two days. It's a lot of fun. But one of the highlights for me is when I give our kids their gifts especially when they were young. But even at this age, uh, when they were young, it was like every parent understands. It was just like the best. I mean, you could give them socks, and they'd be like, socks? Now, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe they might be so excited about socks, praise God. But when they were young, they were like, these are the best. Thank you. Then they come and give you a big hug and kiss for like every gift. Praise God. <laughs> but it was wonderful to experience that, 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 that the warmth of giving and connecting. And I'm reminded of how good of a God we serve. James 1, 16 and 17 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow or turning. We are reminded that God is good. He's a giving God, and he is a gift-giving God. 2 Corinthians 9.15, Paul said it like this, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave. We flip on over to Corinthians in 12, the first Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. We see the list or the catalog or library of spiritual gifts that God gives. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. Then there's the spiritual gift of tongues and interpretations, the gifts of administration, the power gifts of faith and miracles and a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. All these things God gives his body. So that when you and I are born again and we experience that, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to be born of the water and of the spirit. We don't come into this thing empty-handed. We come in loaded down with gifts because we serve a God who gives good gifts. But one of the most 
underappreciated gifts that God gives us. And one of the things I'm most thankful for is the gift of time. I don't know if anybody has this struggle or not, but something happened to me when I turned 40. That was, y'all were supposed to be shocked. Y'all were supposed to be like, y'all, y'all supposed to be like, 40? Trying to help y'all out. Y'all supposed to, y'all seen that meme from the girl on Blackish where she's like, y'all were supposed to do that, what? 40? Thank you, Pastor Barry. Praise God. He's a good man, an anointed man of God. Praise God. But something happened when I turned 40. I know our young people, and we got a ton of them. I'm thankful for our young adults. They're 17, and y'all feel like y'all going to live forever. But when you start getting older, you start appreciating your days. You, you start looking back over your life, and you, you know, Lord, kind of like what we talked about with Hezekiah. If, I, if you give me 15, or if I could get 20 or, or 30 years, or, there's something that happens when we begin to take inventory of this thing called time. One of the greatest gifts that God gives us is the gift of time. But however, it's such an amazing gift, but isn't it so difficult to steward it? Let me just help you out right now. You nor I can manage time. Time manages us. But we can be stewards of how we spend our energies and how we invest our time and being good stewards of it. And the older I get, it seems like it's easier for me to appreciate the gift of time. I want to remind everybody today that our days are in his hands. As a matter of fact, the psalmist said, teach me to number my days that I might have a heart of wisdom. God still holds time, and he's not stuck in time. As a matter of fact, he's not bound by time. He is the Alpha and Omega. He operates outside of time, but every once in a while, he'll step in and invade time for you and I, and I'm grateful for that. And when he steps in time, it's one of these things that I like to call divine appointments. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? A divine appointment. A divine appointment is one of those things where you're kind of going through the motions or you're going through your day and all of a sudden your day intersects with the presence of God, a God moment that you understand is not just an ordinary God moment, but our lives are intersected with what God has for us and it changes us. God will often invade time and break in our normal routine and give us a moment that is intended to shape us and to mold us and to change us for future purposes. And Jesus, I love this text here because he's revealing something to us that's fantastic about who he is and his nature. One of the things that John reveals to us is that God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, is spending time with his disciples. And at the age of 30, he goes public with his ministry. And three years uh, of ministry, spending time with 12 of them, these disciples, doing life in every way imaginable. And in particular, he unpacks something that an experience that Thomas has. But what's fascinating about this is that the Bible says that now after the death and the resurrection, Thomas, who has been with Jesus for years, is not on the scene. We're reminded in this story of Thomas that we are built, though, for continual encounters because even after three years of doing life with Jesus, 
after he watched him minister, after he watched him unstop deaf ears and open blinded eyes and raise people from the dead, after he watched him feed the multitude of conservative estimates of 15, 20,000 people, including men, women, and children, after he saw him call Lazarus out of the grave, beyond the Last Supper, beyond the betrayal, beyond the crucifixion, beyond the resurrection, even then, Jesus is revealing himself to his people. Isn't it amazing that after all we've seen from God, there is more of him to encounter in our future? That's another reason for you and I to celebrate because you can never exhaust God. You can never get to the end of who he is. There is always more of him. And I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with where I am. I want more of him in my life. and He is not withholding anything from us. There is a deep that calls unto deep. And if you want more of him, he will indeed reveal himself to you. And so... Beyond all of this, there's always more of Jesus to encounter. And Thomas and the disciples, who you have to understand, they thought it was over. They thought it was over, and yet Jesus comes to them and reveals something. There's always a challenge for us to get motivated to want more of God. Sometimes because of the way our minds work, the way our brains are built and wired, it's, it's almost like we can just kind of get comfortable. Like, you know what, yeah... I, I feel his presence. I'm grateful. But you know what? I was holding little Jaden today when we were having our prayer meeting, and it made me think about the, the, the babies. You know, you remember when your kids were that age, and, and you could play peekaboo. And, or you could just kind of like, you know, they'd be maybe up on the changing table or in the crib, and you could just kind of hide down and be like, <gasps> and their faces would get so excited, like, <gasps> I see you. And you go down, and you come back up, and they're like, <gasps> You could do that for hours on end, and you would get that same joy-filled expression like, like it's the first time they've ever seen you. I wish to God we could have that kind of faith when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we are to come to him as a child. Can we approach God like that from this day forward? Not like we know it all, not like we've got it all together or we've experienced all there is to know about him, but we can learn something from the text that I read this afternoon. In spite of all that God has done for us, there is still more of him to be revealed in our lives. So the life of Thomas reminds us that Jesus is a never-ending encounter. I could preach that all day long right there. There's a lot of meat on that bone. But I want you to know the God that you encounter, the God of all gods, the king of all kings, it is a never-ending encounter. His mercies, and you might feel like there's not enough, uh, I'm telling you, but his mercies are new every morning. If you've ever experienced his goodness today and you've wondered if you've used it all up, I can promise you when you wake up in the morning and the sun rises, his mercies will be new tomorrow morning. This is the God of endless encounters. And yet Jesus comes for an encounter with Thomas. John tells us something about this encounter that is quite disturbing. And it doesn't go into the reason. It doesn't even give us a clue as to why. It just says it like this. And Thomas was not with the disciples. Thomas was not with the disciples. Now how could he possibly miss this moment. This is the moment where Jesus is getting ready to walk 
through a wall, y'all. <laughs> okay, he's getting ready to show them the nail prints in his hands and the spear scars in his side. They're getting ready to see the risen Christ, and Thomas is not there. How do you miss a divine appointment? How do you miss this moment? Well, there are a number of reasons why we miss divine appointments with God. The first one that I want to share with you is we miss divine appointments because they can become sabotaged by the enemy. If you've ever been walking through life, loving Jesus, loving people, doing everything you can to love people, doing everything you can to serve people, love God, bless God, bless others, or bless those that hate you, and then out of nowhere, it seems like all hell is breaking loose in your life. Maybe it's just me, so I'll just preach to myself. But you know, whether it's a financial thing or a family thing or a job thing, maybe it was a friend thing, but you can look back over that season in your life and you can say, that one caught me off guard. Some people miss divine assignments because you underestimate the power of the enemy. And might I suggest that one reason we underestimate the power of the enemy is that we don't value our own lives and purposes, and we think, what are we that would even attract the enemy? I'm just a nobody. I'm not, why would he waste time on me? Can I just tell you, that in and of itself, family, is a trick of the devil. You've got to understand that even in your weakness, you are still Satan's worst nightmare. Even on your worst day, there's more power locked up in your vessel. You have this treasure in these earthen vessels. It drives the darkness crazy. You don't have to act spiritual. You don't have to even go through the spiritual calisthenics. But you don't have to even feel powerful. But you need to know, on your worst day, you are the devil's worst nightmare. And the moment grace wakes you up and you put your foot on the floor, all of hell trembles because they understand the power that worketh in you. And because of that, you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness everywhere. Whoa, can I just tell you, God didn't give you some, if you've received his spirit, he just didn't pour into you some watered down uh, power from heaven when he saved you. But Paul reminds us in the book of Romans that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive and well on the inside of you. It's a reason why hell is nervous every morning. Because of the power that's alive in you. Somebody give him praise for his power. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to understand that you are not some weak-kneed, feeble, anemic Christian. But you are more than a conqueror. I almost preached that this morning. You are more than a conqueror. The second thing that I want to highlight really quickly is this. Here's another reason why we, we, we miss what God has for us. Our priorities are out of whack. Yeah, thank you. Our, our priorities are out of whack. See, some of it is our fault. Can I, I'm just going to go old school for a second. Just for a second. Attending church is really important. Yeah. 
Every week, attending church is important. You can't come once every eight weeks and expect to have victory in your life. You need the fellowship of the body of Christ. The Bible says that as the day approaches, all the more we gather together looking for his return. We need each other more than ever. We need one another. I need you and you need me. You encourage me and I encourage you. You lift me up, I'll lift you up. You serve me, I'll serve you. You pray with with me I'll pray with you but we need one another we can't do this alone you're weak off by yourself and let me just help you the banana that's get pulled away from the bunch is the first one to get peeled the one who is away from the group is the first one You know what the de- the Bible says that the devil is a he goes around behaving like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I'll tell you the ones who are not getting devoured, the ones who are right dead smack in the middle of this thing. You might not have it all together. Like me, I made a commitment. Come hella high water, I will be in the house of the Lord, lifting up my hands and giving him glory. I need him in my life. I need the body of Christ. I need the church. I need the church. I said this a while ago. I get church hurts. I'm not minimizing that. Let me just tell you right now, it's going to happen no matter where you go. Because we're dealing with people. We're dealing with people. But don't just focus on the hurts. The church also helps. The church helps me, encourages me, strengthens me, renews me, forgives me, positions me, utilizes me, gives me an opportunity to grow. The church helps. We need one another. We need one another. We can't do this alone. And we'll get confused if you think you can do this alone. Let me just help you, because I don't want to preach long, but the church will bless. I got the Holy Ghost in church. I was baptized in church. I was called to the ministry in church. I met my wife. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to help you. You're looking for your boo and your bae. You better get yourself into the house of the Lord and find you somebody that knows how to worship, knows how to love God, knows how to bless him, knows how to lift him up. Come on and get in the church. Praise God. You just keep your eyes closed. Praise God. Talking to my daughter. Praise God. She'll... I said, you're looking a little too hard. You're looking a little too hard. Praise God. Take them glasses off. Praise God. You don't need none of that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I find my place in the church. I find my strength in the church. Praise God. What am I saying? Don't take for granted gathering together. And see, this text that I just read you teaches us that Jesus came to the body. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking, I'm not trying to say you can't have a life. What I am talking about, we need to make sure our priorities are in order. I'm not telling you not to go on vacation. 
I'm not telling you to not go on a staycation. I'm just telling you that, you know what? Make sure your priorities are in alignment. See, together, there's something that happens when we're together. They were gathered in a room hiding out because they were afraid. But here's what I love. They were afraid, but he came to them anyway. (laughs) Isn't it good to know that he'll come to you even when you're afraid, even when you're broken? You don't have to say amen. I'll preach to myself. Even when you're confused, even when you're discouraged, even when you're ready to give up, even when you're sure, like, God, is this real? What am I doing? Why am I here? He'll come to you in the midst of your drama, in your darkest day, when you try to lock yourself away from everything, he'll come and find you. All of the pain, all of the weaknesses on display, everything that you've been through, God will still show up. This is encouraging to me because now that means that, you know what, I don't have to fake it with God. This is why I'm so passionate about being authentic, authentic and vulnerable before God and before others. We need that. God is not the will of God that anybody here suffocate under some religiosity, but he came that you might have life and life more abundantly. You don't have to get yourself all together before you get God. That's a lie. You get God, and then you begin to put the pieces together. You don't have to get yourself in the right mood. You don't got to break this addiction. You don't got to break that addiction. You don't got to impress him. He'll come to you. Even when there's an obstacle, I got good news. He'll come right through a wall. My God, I'm trying, I'll preach myself happy. I'm telling you there's no mountain too high. There's no valley too wide. I'm trying to let you know that we serve a God who will come through whatever obstacle to get to his people. Woo, somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. He walked through a wall, y'all. Why? They had locked the door on him. And the reason the door was locked, not to keep him out, but it was to keep the people out who were trying to kill them. And sometimes in our attempt to protect ourselves from the world, we've insulated ourselves from Jesus. (laughs) And sometimes he has to break through and come through the wall because the door to our hearts was shut. But I'm glad to report to you that he loves us enough that even when we shut the door and lock it, He's able to come through the wall and say, peace. Woo. Peace unto you. I know you've got issues. Peace. I know you've got heartache. Peace. I know you've been struggling. Peace be unto you. Aren't you glad he showed up? Not to bring shame, not to bring condemnation, not to kick us around and tell us how pitiful we are. He came today and walked through a wall in the middle of your mess and said, I know what you've been dealing with. I know what you've been struggling with. He didn't come to put you on blast. He came to give you peace. I've got good news. He didn't come to call you out. He came to give you a peace that passeth all understanding. A peace in the midst of the storm. A peace when you're going through hell on earth. Peace. And here's the crazy thing, babe. And Thomas misses it. He wasn't there. Missed his divine appointment. And before Jesus leaves, he stands 
with the 11 disciples that are there, or 10. Peace. And then he breathes on them. How would you like to be Thomas and come to church next Sunday knowing that you missed that divine appointment? It's where Jesus releases his power and his peace and Thomas misses it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm almost done. Just give me a minute. Just give me a few moments here. But some of us are sitting in this room right now filled with regret. As a matter of fact, the bitter taste of regret still lingers on our taste buds and its residue is covering our hearts. We look back over our lives and we feel like we've missed some moments. We've squandered opportunities. Is there anybody else that will be honest and say that this afternoon? I realize this is not everybody, but there's for somebody in this room today that feels like you've missed what God has for you. you. You feel like you've wasted something. I need to talk to that person for just a moment. What do you do when you've missed it? And the devil tells you you missed it, and your flesh tells you you'll never get it back. I'm going to tell you what you do. You do what Paul tells us to do in Ephesians. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. In other words, what do you do? You redeem the time. Now, let me explain what this means because I know some of you, you hear that word redeem and immediately you're thinking, you know what? Somebody's going to buy back something. But you need to understand, if you were going to buy back time, that's an illusion because you can't go back into your past and buy back time. Paul's not saying that. If he were saying that, that would be a little cray-cray, right? We can't walk back into our yesterday and get the moment you missed back. Try it. This ain't back to the future. By the way, that's my movie, but that's neither here nor there. I didn't grow up in the church. Thank you, Jesus, for the... He said, I think, got to go back in time. Anyway, so, Huey Lewis. Anyway, I'm done there. Praise God. So, you know what? Man, great Scott. Anyway, let me stop. You, you can't go back and get that. You can't go back and get that. You can't get in the DeLorean and go back in time. What Paul says is redeem for the days are evil. Redeem the time. He's not suggesting that you go back with back to the future. What he's telling you is this. Here, I want, I want you to catch this. What you've got to realize is, you've missed this, but he's saying, go back, watch, and learn. He's literally saying, learn from the mistakes you have made when you missed it yesterday, and now turn your eyes toward the future. And even though you missed yesterday's divine appointment, redeeming the time means I'm not going to miss my next opportunity. I might have missed it yesterday, but I'm not going to miss the next one. Lord, I don't know when you're coming, but I'm ready. I don't know when you're going to show up, but I'm ready. It might be in the car, I'm ready. It might be on the job, I'm ready. It might be at home cooking dish, I'm ready. Whenever you show up, God, I'm ready. I won't miss it this time. Call my name, call my number. I'm ready to move when you want to move. Woo, praise God. I'm thankful I don't want to miss that appointment. So, not because 
It's not because you kept every appointment, not because you were the one that did it the way you were supposed to. God's going to, clearly, clearly God is going to bless those who kept their appointments. But God's about to give somebody some encouragement today that even though you, you missed it and you misprioritized some things, if that's a word, you lost some divine opportunities, doesn't mean God's not going to do it. It means you got to make up your mind that I will not repeat the same mistake that caused me to miss it last time. Because I still believe God is a God of restoration. And he'll come back around and reschedule the appointment I missed. So you're probably wondering, did this really happen in the Bible? Yeah, it did. John 20. Jesus comes in and he imparts peace and power to them. And he gives them peace. And those that are there get peace. Those that are there get power. God will never penalize faithful people. Faithless people will get another opportunity. But faithful people will never be penalized. I don't want to preach this today and somebody think I'm minimizing faithfulness. As a matter of fact, you need to know that great will be your reward. Heaven, all of heaven, applauds and honors faithfulness. So I'm not putting a premium on missing divine appointments. I just came to let you know that if indeed you feel like you've missed it, Paul said don't repeat the same mistake. The days are evil. You don't have time to waste. You ever felt like, man, I've just wasted so much time? How I many, anybody struggle with that? You ever get tormented with the reality of what could have been, what should have been, what would have been? I don't, I, I don't want you to leave feeling this way, but you leave, you, you, you're thinking, I could have done more, I should have done more. I could have spent less time fooling with the enemy and the traps of the enemy and more time serving Jesus. Well, let me just help you for a moment. Stop. I'm about to set somebody free. Stop tormenting yourself. Stop beating yourself down. You're beating yourself up so much that you're doing the devil's job for him. You could have been doing more and I could have been doing more, but we didn't, period. So where does that leave us? Are we going to look back and just moan and bemoan about what we lost? Or are we going to take advantage of his grace this afternoon? Are we going to turn our attention forward and say, I refuse to repeat the same mistake that caused me to miss the divine thing that God has in store for me. I'm going to redeem the time. And here's what it means. It actually means that God is good enough. God is good enough to come back around a second time and reschedule the appointment I missed. <laughs> Thomas, you were supposed to be there and you missed it. You missed the peace and you missed the power. But what does Jesus do? <laughs> Praise God. I, I want you to see this. This, this, this blessed me. Look, 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 look here, right, right here. It says this. In verse 26 of the 20th chapter of John. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas. <laughs> and Thomas was with them. 
Now, why is eight significant? Because seven, and I ain't getting into no numerology, but seven is the number of completion. Eight is the number of new beginnings. So the past is behind you. The past is complete. You can't do anything about it. But you need Jesus to come and wipe a new slate, give you a new beginning, a new day, a new hope, a new future. I'm here to tell you, God is here to wipe your, be wipe your slate clean and give you a new beginning. It's your eighth day. It's a new beginning. Somebody give him praise. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's my day for a new beginning. Come on, somebody needs to claim that and profess it. It's my day for a new beginning. I will have my breakthrough. I will get my victory. I will have my joy. I will get my strength. I will get what God has for me. This is my day. Woo. See, stop rehearsing the past. Let God wipe the slate clean in your life. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in that. Stop rehearsing the pain of your relationship in your marriage. Stop rehearsing the pain of those that hurt you in the past spiritually. Let God wipe the slate clean and move forward. Stop rehearsing the past of your former lovers. I'm telling you, stop rehearsing that and let God do a work in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody needs to be encouraged. Even if you missed it, God's rescheduling something in your life. And if you learned anything, it's not a waste. Did y'all catch that? If you learned anything, it's not a waste. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that what didn't kill you makes you stronger. Some of you have been through some stuff, and it was intended to drive you away from God, but you're still here by the grace of God. And the fact that it didn't work out needs to let the enemy know that his play didn't work, his schemes didn't work, you're still here. You might have came in wounded, you might have came in bleeding, you might have come in limping, but you're here by the grace of God, standing by the mercy of God. You need to let the devil know, I've got to, I'm still here, praise because he kept me. He kept me when I couldn't keep myself. He kept me when I deserved destruction. He kept me. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. And if you're still alive, you need to know that the grace of God, the mercy of God is on your life. Woo. Still here. I'm still here, Pastor Barry. Sarah, I'm still here. Fighting, kicking, screaming, I'm still here. I'm still here, Elvis, praise God. I'm still here. I might have some wounds and I might have some limps and I might have some heartaches, but I'm still here. I'm still here breathing. I'm still here lifting my hands. I'm still here giving him glory. I'm still here trusting him. I'm still here looking for what he promised me. I'm still here believing God is going to do what he said he would do. Still here. I want us to stand as I wrap this up. Still alive. Still here. What I love. See, 
God is about to hook us up. Check this out. This is, this is crazy. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. It's the same space, y'all. Same scenario. They have locked themselves in here again. And then he's in the midst of them. And what does he say? Peace to you. Now it gets personal. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Whew. Reach your hand here. Put it into my side. Thomas was astounded. Even after that, the Lord could see it on his face. He said, Thomas, reach out and touch me. Thomas is like, what? The Lord tells him, do not be unbelieving, but believing. I'm telling you right now, some of you are like, God, is this too good to be true? Your miracle is right in front of you. Your new day is right in front of you. Who is it? It is Jesus Christ. And he's saying, reach out, touch me, open up your heart and let me in. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. And here's what Thomas says. My Lord and my God. In other words, the doubt I've got that's grappling, that's grappling my heart, here's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to submit it to your Lordship, my Lord. <laughs> the pain that I have submitted to you, my Lord. The confusion that I have is submitted to you, my God. The heartache that I have when you left, now you're here, it's submitted to you, God. The promises that I thought would never come to pass, but now they're beginning to breathe again, they're submitted to your Lordship. My past is submitted to your Lordship. Everything that I am is submitted to you, Lord. And here's where it gets crazy. My Lord and my God. <laughs> For him to say, my Lord, I'm submitted to you. You're my master. But for him to say, and my God, is the one who has all power in heaven and earth. The conquering king who can conquer anything and give me a brand new future. The one who can do something brand new in my life. You are my God and I trust you. You are the God of possibilities and impossibilities. You are my God and I will follow you. What you need to understand. What you need to understand is God is opening a door for you, sir, and you, ma'am. He's rescheduling a divine appointment. There's some people here that will feel like, you know what, I've missed it. But God has come here, brought you here to let you know 
that divine appointment has been rescheduled at 421. He's calling you right now. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Thank you so much for watching online. Come back and join us in person next week, Sneaker Sunday, in the launch of our brand new series. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.